I'm Emma G, radio host and girl power presenter. These inspiring chats with women living authentically and kicking goals will get you stepping into your power. Know your worth, rule your realm, become your own powerhouse. Whenever someone says, no, you can't do that, that just really means you can. Now you just got to have to figure a way around it. You are awesome and you have something that no one else does. No one's journey or path is the same, which is why you should never, ever compare yourself to other people. If you want to do something, you go and do it. Imagine if everyone just spoke their truth. Do the words budget, tax and insurance make you cringe? (laughs) Should you go back to work full time after mat leave? Do you know how much super you have? And why does it matter now? Many of us focus on getting physically fit and mentally fit, but are you financially fit? Taking control of our financial future is more important today than ever. In the federal budget just this week, there was more of a focus on women's economic security and it's raised more awareness and discussion around childcare and domestic violence support, but we still have a long way to go. Being informed about our money means we can make choices that allow us to be financially independent and therefore have more freedom in our lives. Mastering our money doesn't have to be complicated and overwhelming. This episode is about loving yourself enough to prioritize your financial fitness so that you can live the life you dream. Today's Empowerhouse guest has kicked some big goals. She has travelled the world in her 20s for American Express and fulfilled her dream to leave and set up her own business before turning 30. Trenna Prober is an innovator, creator, entrepreneur and founder and CEO of Super Fierce, a powerful movement aiming to empower women to control their financial future and supporting marginalised women in Australia too. With decades of experience in senior roles in global companies, she brings a unique perspective to the challenges and opportunities of business. She believes in living boldly with passion and loves to encourage support and mentor. So I'm super excited to be able to pick her brain today. Trina, welcome to the Empower House. Thank you, Emma. It's great (laughs) to be here. Why, in your opinion, do you think it is so important for women to be informed and educated about their finances? Well, the, the number one most important reason is it's your money. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and unless you want to be relying on somebody else to take care of you all through life, then you actually need to know about where's your money going to come from? How are you going to grow it for the future? Uh, and how are you going to protect it as well? So I think it's vital that women are thinking about finance because you need to be able to make the decisions that you want to live the life that you want, the only way you can do that is if you can fund that for yourself and not rely on somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. When I when I knew that I was going to be speaking with you, I was reflecting a lot on my own sort of financial journey. And I came from a background where when I was in a relationship quite young where somebody else looked after all the financial aspects of life, I didn't even know how to pay a bill. <laughs> And um, when that relationship ended, I had no idea how to even do online banking. And so I just think it's amazing that what you're doing and the message you're spreading, I think it's so important that we empower women to actually be able to become financially independent and to be in control of their own finances and not relying upon somebody else to do that for them. Yeah, look, I think that's exactly right. And I think importantly, though, as well is, It's understanding that there's no shame or there's no blame game in 
being behind where you think you should be or not knowing. You know, I mean, when I was 34, I had to borrow $3,000 to move out of um, a bad relationship with a small child under my arm. And I had to start again. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people look at me and they don't believe that that can be the truth. You know, I'd worked in financial services all of my career. Mm. You know, I'd earned good money. I'd looked after myself. But um, I gave away my power mm. in that relationship. That's what and it so is, yes. And so that's actually what I care about. You know, I find money pretty boring, frankly. You know, <laughs> and I, you know, <laughs> I had senior roles at Macquarie Bank. You know, I should, probably shouldn't say <laughs> that, right? But, you know, money's fundamentally boring to me, superannuation, yawn, insurance. (laughs) I'm so happy to hear you say that because I really, super is right up there with, you know, tax and insurance and not really I know, it's horrifying to me. I mean, I'll be 50 next year. It's horrifying to me. You know, I feel like I should have earned the right by now to be working in fashion or food or travel (laughs) for crying out loud. But, you know, what I've learned through my own experience is that even those things are kind of boring when you think about them. When you flip the story and go, actually, it's just a tool that puts me in control of making the decisions about my life and the way that I want to live it. 50% of the population is essentially ignored by traditional financial services. Mm. So that's the gap that I want to step into. I want to use language that women can understand and relate to. I want to talk about financial decision-making in the context of what it enables you to do, Mm. not what you're worried about and what you couldn't do. And if I can make you feel better, I mean, I used to basically have male phobia. I hated going (laughs) to the post box because I was pretty sure it was just always going to be a bill I didn't want to pay. (laughs) So flipping that experience around to go, okay, well, I don't want to feel that way. So what am I going to do to take control of my life and, and give myself a chance to feel good about the steps that I I'm taking. Mm. We often make things seem so much more complicated than they need to be. Yeah. We use language that nobody understands. It's full of wank words. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Too many bad pinstripe suits. And, you know, and I I think that, I think even, you know, the gorgeous men that I know in financial services recognise that so much of it is geared towards talking about and acting in a way that's just not appealing to women. Mm. You know, women live longer than men. You know, we spend more time out of the workforce caring for others. Mm. So caring for children, caring for elderly parents. Women are these beautiful, loving, amazing creatures, but we're neglecting the well-being of women, despite the fact that we give up so much to look after others. So now I think it's time we need to empower women to make really great decisions and choices. We need women to be able to look after themselves in the future. Mm, And to be able to be independent financially. I mean, I don't want to get all depressing here, but (laughs) one in three marriages end in divorce. Yeah, it's just the reality. Yeah, so a man is not a financial plan, ladies. (laughs) I love that your own journey has inspired your work in this area and now you're using your knowledge to help others along their way. One thing I can say to, to the ladies who are listening is that You don't need to know what the journey is going to look like or where it's going to take you so long as you're reflecting on what makes you happy and, you know, what helps you to learn and grow. It doesn't always have to make you happy. It doesn't always have to be good. It won't be. You need those shades of of darkness to truly enjoy the light and to appreciate the light. There's this gorgeous Chinese proverb that 
I'm going to paraphrase incorrectly, (laughs) but it's along the lines of there's a red thread that um, joins you through life and you don't know where, when or how, but somehow that red thread brings all of these moments back together. Mm. And the perfect example of that for me is that when I was living in Japan as a golf caddy, and I was pretty weird there too, (laughs) uh, and I became a soul friend with the person who... 20 years later, became my husband. Wow. And um, there is no way we would have ever imagined that at that time. You know, we were both weird cerebral people and we talked a lot and drank Kalura milk on, on the <laughs> on the step at night. And there's no way we would have thought that we would end up here. I was wow. actually at his first wedding and that wasn't wow. to me. <laughs> and um, so it's those sorts of things. And I think that the key is just having a really open heart and you know, just let things unfold. You don't Mm. have to control it all the time. You can control certain things like money. There are decisions that you can make around things like that that can give you more control in future. And career-wise, when did you sort of realise you wanted to do your own thing? I worked at American Express for a long time and, you know, there I learnt so much and had so many incredible experiences. But I think it was there that really I realised I wanted to build and do my own things and I set up my first business and I try through everything that I do to make sure that there's at least one message or lesson that I take out of it that I can reflect on. So that particular business, the lesson that I learnt was, wow, you're really good at coming up with great ideas that people want to buy. Um, You're really good at executing on them. You're really crap at getting paid. (laughs) So super passionate, but need to work out a way to combine the passion with something that makes it. Well, I was brought up to believe it's kind of rude to talk about money. Mm. And even though I was working in finance, it was very different when it was my own business. And it was about valuing myself though as well. But I was uncomfortable having the conversation say, ah, you haven't paid my bill. Yeah. But if you can't get paid, you can't eat. I think a lot of people feel that. Like it's awkward to talk about money. It's awkward to ask people to pay you. Everybody's feeling uncomfortable and awkward. You know, I'm a startup founder and I've got four kids, um, not not all from the fruit of my loins, to be very clear, but still adds up to four. And um, people look at us and think we're shiny and got plenty of spare cash, but you know, it's not the case. Mm. And so, you know, I'm able to now have conversations with people where I go, look, you know, I'd love to do that with you, but I just need to let you know if we're going to, you need to cover your half. Yeah. I actually think it's just about being warm and open and honest. Mm. Everybody's feeling the same way. Yeah. What has really um, sort of sparked in you that passion to to work in this area and to want to cause other women to be empowered about their finances? Yeah, um, really good question. Um, you know, there are lots of different things that led to that. You know, one of those is I never felt like I was as knowledgeable or as in control of my financial situation as everybody thought I was or should I be or should be, sorry. Mm. And I was ashamed of that. And I think that's one of the really big problems around money and why people don't talk about it. I think there's a lot of fear and shame. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the, the worst decisions we make in life come from those places. Yeah. So for me, I feel that the more we can talk about it, the more we break down the taboos, like the more we share our money fails and how we go from fail to fierce, like what is that journey? Like let's break that down and be honest with each other about these things. And it's partly having been someone who 
I worked so hard and I created a really great nest egg for myself and I just gave up my power by not keeping control of that, you mm. know, and I loved being a mom and I was really invested into this relationship, but ultimately it didn't work out. I gave away my power in that situation. I don't want other women to make the same mistakes that I mm. did. And where I have a different story than a lot of women is, you know, I had the confidence and the resources to rebuild yeah, and to strive harder. Not everybody has that. And so I want to step in and be that support for those who don't have that. Because mm, you can see how somebody can easily find themselves in a position where they don't have financial stability. When I learned that the fastest growing homeless demographic in this country is single women over the age of 55. Is that right? Yes. And I, I'm a woman who will be 50 next year. So I'm nearly 55. And I was a single mum not that long ago. So I heard that. And I'm just like, geez, what's going on there? Mm. And I started to investigate. I think what women don't realise, so everybody focuses on the gender pay gap. And it sounds like it's a now thing. Yeah. Right. But they say it's about 110 years until we're going to get pay parity. Now, I am not willing to wait for that. I don't know about you. Wow, really? Really. That's not okay. Like That's really not okay with me. The, the number changes based on the industry that you're in. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's around 17%. Yeah, wow. Right. Now, so that doesn't sound that bad initially. So how do we get from a 17% gender pay gap to a 47% gender retirement gap. Do you think it's because women are leaving the workforce to create families? Is that? That is absolutely the, one of the reasons. Yeah. So what I really want women to understand is the decisions that you make early in life give you the choice to do what you want to do at later stages in your life. The decisions that you make around your income, your saving, both for now and the investment that you do with that, but also investing for the future. So that's your retirement savings in super. Mm. The things that you do early in life give you more choice down the track. In your 20s, you're, you're immediately earning less and that gap grows in terms of the pay gap. Mm. But then what also happens is, yes, you take time out of the workforce to have children, maybe, or to set up a business. But let's focus on when you go and have a family. So what happens then? Well, you stop earning. Um, maternity leave and so on is, is helping to an extent. But you're not earning super. Right. You're not earning super. And you're probably paying for insurance in your super, which, yeah. you know, those premiums are probably going to, you know, you're going to keep paying the premiums. Mm. Nobody realises you're still paying, right? So you're going backwards, backwards, backwards. But I wouldn't then, even have known about that without you telling us. You know, yeah. there are so many layers to this. And then yeah. the other thing, though, the, the really hidden part of this, which is so important that women understand this, I have this conversation with, with, with women all the time, is they'll go, okay, so I'm going to have the baby and I'm going to take time out of the workforce and I want to care. And that's absolutely fine. That should be your choice, which is why you should take control of your financial <laughs> wealth building earlier in life if you can. Yeah. But what happens then is often women will be faced with a choice. Okay, I could go back to work now and put my child into childcare and they'll often go, hmm, but, you know, maybe I'm only going to be earning an extra $50 a week if I do that. I don't get time with my child. It's not worth it. And for some people, you may decide that that's the case and that's your, that's your right to do that. But what I want women to think about is this, that $50 
extra is not the key point. The key point is when you go back into the workforce, you are then earning super. That is compounding. It's growing for your future and it's an investment. It's not a savings account super. It's an investment account. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that's missed is when women take time out of the workforce and we often go back part-time, there's skill decay. So we, we're not keeping pace with the change in skills. Mm. You're not getting exposure to the people in the business. So you're not necessarily being thought of and promoted. So you're falling further and further behind Absolutely. in that way. But more importantly, I see the impact on the confidence women have. I know for myself, like I was just like, God, you know, am I ever going to be able to get a job and go back after I have my son? Mm. You know, and I was in a pretty desperate situation really initially and um but you know I found a way but so many women ultimately end up going no I don't think I can and so they shy away from it more and more and so the gender pay gap is just one part of this then it's exacerbated by the fact that women ultimately end up with less time in the workforce but then what's the answer to that do you just go back full-time and there are lots of different answers um none of them are perfect Unfortunately, the superannuation system as it stands at the moment, there's a lot of advocacy to change, to really represent women more. It's not built for us. Mm. It's built for a white middle-aged man, basically, and their career and their career trajectory, which is, you know, just a smooth upward incline. Mm. So, but there are things that you can do. Make more contributions when you're younger. You know, the more you put in early, the more it's growing for you for the future. Mm. It's like a magic money box. It's awesome. (laughs) But what you can also do is if you're going to take time out of the workforce to have a baby with somebody, then the other person who was responsible for creating the baby with you, and it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman or whatever, um, and there are some people doing it on their own, so that's different, but have a conversation. Say, I'm giving up my career trajectory at the moment. So it is now possible for a partner to contribute to your super. Mm. Max that out as much as possible up to the $25,000 if you can, because that can make up for some of the other loss. But I really recommend doing other things, not just for your financial future, but for you as a a human as well, which is, you know, you are going to reach a point. We all reach a point where we go, hmm, you know, do I know enough? Have I got enough skills? Do I know enough people? Am I relevant? Uh, And trust me, the closer you get to middle aged and beyond, the more that becomes something that you're talking about, particularly once children leave home. I see that all the time. Mm. So do something for you more than a manicure. (laughs) Fan of a manicure and a martini, but do something more for yourself, which is prioritise keeping your skills up to date in some way or doing some stuff on the side. You know, there's so many online courses you can do. Um, Stay in touch with your work colleagues. Ask if you can work on projects whilst you're at home. COVID has made that so possible now. Yeah, yeah. But mostly just believe that you deserve to and can have it all, but just not at the same time. I think that's what blows us up. There's this perception that you can and you should, but there are simple things that you can do to make sure you've got it stacked up so that you can have it at the right times based on what works for you. And it's never too late. You can always find something new and create a new opportunity, but you've got to hold on to your own sense of self-worth and confidence. Yeah, I think that's key. And with that, as you're 
mission, I suppose, you have created Super Fierce. Can you tell mm. us all about Super Fierce and also the, I'm not sure if it's a foundation or mm. that's um, stemmed from that, that's helping marginalised women in Australia? Yeah, no, thank you. I'm really excited to do that, actually, because <laughs> that's really where it all started from was, you know, I'd done work in NFPs, not-for-profits, pretty much my whole adult life in varying forms, just as helping on the side did some venture philanthropy and they had some success there. But I was always really frustrated that people spent so much time walking around asking for donations. You know, these amazing people, you know, with great hearts and doing good work, but having to spend so much time trying to get the money to fund what they were doing. Mm. So I was like, hmm, I like the idea of creating something where we can do the good works, where we can create the impact outcomes that we want. And what I'm focused on is funding the initiatives that are facing marginalised women in, in Australia. So the women who are victims of financial abuse, domestic violence, homelessness, etc. But what I wanted to do was make sure that we didn't have to walk, walk around <laughs> looking for money. So I created Super Fierce to do a few things. One is to help women financially, but Super Fierce as well, every time someone uses our service, we donate $100 to Fierce Impact to fund those initiatives. That's amazing. My goal is to empower women to become financially fit without the blood, sweat and tears. <laughs> I love that. (laughs) And getting fit sucks in general. So if we can do it without the blood, sweat and tears, that's a great outcome. But ultimately what I want to do is I want to close the gender gap at retirement. And one of the ways to do that is with superannuation, but it's also the things that women do from the beginning. So at the moment, Super Fierce is a digital platform. You come onto our website, put in a bit of information, goes through our algorithm. So our calculator, it's mm-hmm. a pretty grunty little piece of tech <laughs> with some great number, number smarts behind it. And then what you get um, from that is a free digital report. And it's a statement of advice, which is an important legal document in financial services. So we're licensed to provide advice okay. in this way, which is important for people to know. Yes. So we're not a super fund. We're not iSelect for super. What we are is an independent platform that gives you unbiased insights into your super position. So we show you how much you've got in super, how much it's costing you, how much you're on track to retire with, and then how you could save on fees if you were to um, make a change into a lower cost super fund in the number of different investment categories based on what interests you. We've made it a priority that anybody and everybody can use our service, whether they can afford anything or not. So up until that point, everything's free. You get all of that information and insight free of charge. And just as a strong tip, the average savings in unnecessary fees over the lifetime of an Australian woman is $103,000. No. Yeah. Imagine the difference to a woman in retirement that that would make. It's quite extraordinary. So all of that information is free. One platform where you are accompanied. So you've basically got a financial coach in your pocket for life. So we accompany you on that journey. We leverage um, things like this. probably sound really weird to people, but in my world, behavioral economics, behavioral psychology, and um, we use that. We use things like AI 
to start to learn more and then that way we can actually deliver personalised advice and insights, content based on where you are in your life so that we can help you to learn and know what are the next best things that you should be doing on your journey. I just think it's really interesting, you know, pick up any woman's magazine and they're going to tell you, you know, in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, you should, shouldn't wear this or you should use this skincare. But the place where, I mean, really, ladies, ignore that. Ignore that. You can do whatever you want. Wear whatever you want. (laughs) Wear what you want to wear. But in finance, it actually does matter. The things that you do in those different stages of life are actually critically important. So what I want to do is I want to make it really easy for women. I want them to have one digital environment where they can go and they know that they're going to see everything that they need to know about their financial position. And it's easy to make decisions so that they're creating a beautiful, fierce financial future for themselves. That's the North Star. We're How really exciting what's to come. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, we're, what I love most about my team is they celebrate every time we donate to Fierce Impact. They celebrate the savings that our customers are making. It's never about our revenue. It's always about the impact that we see that we're having in people's lives. And seriously, um, you know, that was a part of the story as well, where I was helping a friend of mine and the look on her face when I saw that, when she saw she was going to save $114,000, like I I just, I will literally never, I will (laughs) never forget that moment because You know, she's this incredible woman in her early 40s. She's got a big job, but she's got a side gig because she wants to create an amazing lifestyle for her husband who doesn't love his job and for her young boys who she loves to pieces. And so the look on her face when she saw that she was going to save that much, I was just like, seriously, if I do nothing else ever... I feel pretty good. Wow. Didn't last long because now we want to do that for as many women as possible. So we can really, we can go to your website. What's your your website? Uh, It's superfierce. So superfierce.com.au and the fierce is F-I-E-R-C-E. Love it. Not superfierce, F-E-A-R-C-E. Fierce. Yeah, let's go with fierce, not fierce. (laughs) And so we can go to superfierce.com.au and we can punch in some information about our personal situation and it will tell us how much we can save in our super. Exactly. And, you know, there's no cost to do that, no obligation either. Um, And, you know, we're total security data nerds as well. So we look after (laughs) your data beautifully. My my business partner and CTO used to work for the Mint. So he knows all about security. Top secret stuff. Um, But also we make it really simple to do that. So when you come on to our website, it's basically like having a chat. It's like being on Facebook Messenger. You're probably all too young to even use that. But you know (laughs) what I mean, like WhatsApp or Snapchat or something like that. It's basically like that. We try to make it as simple as possible. Yeah, I love that you are keeping it so simple. You've already given us a lot of tips already, but I would love to pick your brain further and and get some sort of money hacks from you, I guess, because dealing with our finances can be quite overwhelming. So could you tell us maybe just some of your top tips and advice on how, what we could do right now to help us take control of our finances? Yeah, look, you know, I've talked about getting financially fit, right? We're used to the idea of what you have to do to be fit from, you know, a health perspective. Yeah. So the starting point is when you're getting physically fit, everybody knows that you don't go from zero to marathon runner overnight. Yeah. So it's You've got about, to train. And yeah, it's one step at a time. Yeah. So first you have to decide. You need to decide that it matters and you need to decide that it matters enough to work at it. Yeah. Second step, then you need to believe. 
You need to believe that you're worth it and that you can do it. And you can. <laughs> Next, make a plan. Yep. And commit. What would our plan and involve? And if, if you fall off the wagon, yeah. commit again. <laughs> so the plan is then about identifying what are those small steps that you can take one at a time. If you're getting fit, there are three ways that you typically go about this at a broad level. You get a personal trainer. Yep. You know, you go all in and just go, okay, I'm going to have someone, you know, really help me with that. And that's really like getting a financial advisor in, in the finance world. And you can get financial advisors that are for the whole hog or for bits and pieces, but getting advice is a really great thing to do. Women access financial advice in this country 40% less than men do. And there's a reason for that. It's delivered by people who talk in a language they don't understand and it mm. can be expensive and sometimes feel intimidating. Yeah. But there are great women out there doing this as well and I can always hook you up with people if you want some advice on that. The other way is you take the gym route, you know, and so there are great courses you can do. You know, Melissa Brown um, runs an amazing course on these sorts of things. Um, Victoria Devine, she's on the money, has got a great course that you can do. You can use Super Fierce. There are all these sorts of tools and, and support services out there that aren't the full PT thing. So you're taking more ownership of it, yeah. but are going to support you through that. Then there's do it, do it yourself. And the do it yourself part is join the She's on the Money Facebook group. Join the Ladies Finance Facebook group and learn from the people around you and listen to podcasts about yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> like, and you know, this is women's superpower. Yeah. We're not ashamed to be honest about what we don't know. And in fact, we just love to crowdsource solutions to problems. Yeah. Typically <laughs> over drinks or tissues or whatever is <laughs> required at the particular time. You want to create, build, and then protect your wealth. So the steps around that are first look at your income. Are you earning in a way that's commensurate with what you need to live? Yep. You know, is it going to meet your objectives? Are you asking for the pay rise you deserve? You're going to ask for the pay rise? Go in prepared. Whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, budget, right? So work out. And I'm so sorry to use that word. It's almost like a dirty word, right? <laughs> but B it word. doesn't have to be. Yeah. It doesn't have to be scary. Actually, the biggest thing is, Women, you're actually good at this stuff. Now, you can count your masters at Googling and you've got great friends you can ask. Get a budget, start saving, start investing and protect it with insurance. Okay. Make contributions to your super. The earlier you do it, the better off you're going to be later in life. It's not actually rocket science. You know, women run the majority of finances in households. Do not let anyone tell you that you don't know how to do this. There are so many amazing women in Australia right now doing everything that they can to empower women to believe that they can, they deserve it, but they're there to support them on that journey. So there is no better time than now. And it's never too late to start. It's a really powerful thing to give yourself permission to decide that you're worth it. And if you're in a relationship and you're dividing up the responsibilities in your relationship and one person's better with money and finances than the other, that's fine. That doesn't reflect badly on you. But make sure you're a part of the conversation and you know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, make sure you know what's going on, but also that your needs and goals are reflected in that because it's not always the same. You need to understand what matters to you. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about how, does, how do you want to live your life? How do you want to feel at each stage of your life? 
you know, what do you want to do with your life? Because if you can define that, it gives you a reason to do it without the reason to do the little bit of hard work and the grind to work it out. You know, yeah. it's hard to do that. I love the analogy you've used about the physically fit and financially fit and going to the gym, having the personal trainer or do it, doing it yourself. I think, you know, we do prioritize our physical health, our mental health, but we're not really prioritizing our financial health, so to speak. And so I love how you've drawn on that to illustrate that to us. Even if you just get out a piece of paper and you go, okay, I actually think a really important part is like, what am I worrying about mm. around money? Our gut instinct is so good. Every mistake I've made in life, and I don't have a lot of regrets, but the things that I do regret are where I didn't listen to my gut instinct and, and or when I've let somebody convince me that I was overthinking it or I was being too emotional mm. or I didn't know what I was talking about. You but didn't listen to your insights because if you did, you knew. I knew and mm. we really do. So the reason why you've got that sense of worry or fear is because there's a niggle there, not necessarily because something isn't right. It's because you know that you need to know sometimes mm. as well. And I think it's because, like you said, a lot of us don't really talk about money. We're afraid to approach that topic. So we don't really know how other people are going or what is you know, normal or anything because we're not really talking about it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And and also not giving ourselves permission to think about it as something, it's our thing to own and it doesn't matter how we compare to other people. It's your own patch that really yeah. matters the most and giving yourself permission to yeah. really focus on that. As a woman in business, what has been your experience of being in this industry? We've talked a little bit about, you know, the pinstripes and the kind of language and is it a man's world? My experience was, and I didn't realise until a lot later why I was uncomfortable all the time. So I grew up in a family where there was no difference between my brother and I. You know, I didn't expect there to be a difference out there, but it gradually over time it became pretty clear. Mm. And I won't share too much detail, but, you know, some horrendous experiences in my 20s and my 30s. Really? With horrible behaviour from men that would, yeah, complete, well, we know, we see what's going on in Parliament at the moment. Just yeah. think in that direction. Right. Like, terrible things all the time. But it was more the underlying aspects of that that were very hidden. And so I didn't wear the pinstripe suits and a lot of women do tend to take that approach to act more like a man and fit into yeah. that world because it's structured by men for men, really. And so unfortunately in financial services, and it's such an important industry you know, you may not realise like the Australian financial industry is actually held up globally as one of the um, the best Okay. in terms of the way that we operate and the risk and regulatory framework and all of those sorts of things. So that's great. Yeah. But from a cultural perspective, it's very male dominated. It's very challenging. I've been in a situation where I was told that I would never be promoted because um, they felt that I was an impediment to my husband's career. Oh that's my God. Okay. Right. So that wow. is, that's some of my experience. But on the flip side, the good experiences I've had is that I've worked with extraordinary minds. I've learned so much. I've had exposure to concepts and, and um, people that, you know, I would never have had before. And it's broadened my horizon and my perspective. 
yeah, it was pretty bad and there are probably elements of that still. But I'm so grateful for the experience mm. because I've learned so much, but it's also strengthened my resolve to make sure that there is an appropriate voice and a pathway for women that's structured around women. Mm. You know, we have different things that we need to consider in our life than men. It's absolutely vital that not just that there are products and structures that suit women, but that they're also delivered in a way that women want to access and that they feel comfortable to access and in language that makes sense to them as well. And as a founder of another business, we were out raising capital. And as always, I was in a room of, you know, 30 men. It was a boardroom and, you know, I was the founder and we were there to raise capital for my business. And, you know, a lovely, well-meaning old man, I'm assuming, turned to me and asked me if I get him a cup of tea. And, you know, and I smiled and I said, of course. And I went and got him a cup of tea and I brought it back and said, thank you, dear. And then we all sat down and to his credit, after the presentation, when obviously I was he presenting and I was <laughs> the were. CEO of the business, yeah. he came over and, and said, sorry. But the point is, there was there's just the assumption. My husband is very well known in financial services. He was extremely senior in Macquarie, has done all sorts of amazing things. And, you know, people will talk to him instead of me, mm. even though it will be my business. He works in two of my businesses that I founded, but they'll still talk to him, not to me. So we still have a long way to go, yeah. don't we? Yeah. And how through those challenges and experiences do you think you have grown in confidence and not felt intimidated or, or inferior? Um, how have you ha- have you had to develop a th- really thick skin and um, so resilience? I, I don't have a thick skin. Okay. You know, I'm a really deep thinking person. Um, I am a happy but emotional person because I care deeply. Um, So there have been some really challenging times for me. Mm. And, um, you know, one of the ways that my body deals with stress, and I now look at it as a gift because then I know I'm doing a really bad job of managing my stress. But, you know, I have, I get alopecia, you know, I've ended up with bald spots, like, you know, the size of, uh, what's that, an orange on the top of my head. Right, so that was through horrendous bullying and intimidation in in the workplace. Wow, I'm so sorry that you... Thank you for sharing that. Well, Mm. I'm actually grateful for it because the reason why I'm grateful for it is it taught me to trust my gut instinct. It taught me to um, say no earlier, to be be stronger, um, but also to be an advocate for women and standing up for them when I see things going wrong, which I do often. So... It hasn't been easy, but I'm grateful for those experiences because I am more resilient. But so I didn't Mm. change to fit in, which is what a lot of people do, which is why you see a lot of women in corporations, less now, I think, but acting and behaving more like men rather than bringing the power of their difference into the Mm. workforce. And that's a massive change that I see coming which I'm very excited yeah. about. We're so far from where we need to be and we're so far behind places like the US on this. But there is a greater understanding of the importance of diversity of thought and people and, you know, gender is just one part of that lens. For me, though, it's, it's fired up my ferocity around saying no. And I do it with smiles and hugs, but it doesn't <laughs> diminish yeah. how determined, how ferocious I am in my determination 
to address these things. And at Superfierce, we have four brand values that we talk about. And for me, they sum everything up. So the first one is fierce love. We care passionately, act with great purpose. And, you know, we know that sometimes to really achieve great outcomes, there needs to be some strength and passion behind the love. So we're well-meaning, but we're warriors. So fierce love. Then the next one is audacious hope. We're so hopeful, like we're dreamers. We're really looking to the future. Like I believe it can and will be better and that we can take everyone on that journey with us. Mm. I truly believe that a rising tide lifts all boats. We don't have to hold other people down in order for others to, to, to rise up. Then we've got gritty compassion. So sometimes mm. compassion requires a bit of tough love around it. We've got to be able to get in the trenches. We care about what's happening, but we're going to, we're going to push you to, to try harder, to step up and, and do more. And it's for us in our team as well. And then the final thing though, and this is what drives all of it, is determined impact. So we're absolutely committed to delivering genuine, real outcomes for individuals, but then the way that that builds those impacts have a flow-on ripple effect. Mm, yeah. You know, we need a movement of love warriors who really care and want to make a difference for themselves and for each other. I love that those values underpinned, underpinned Super Fierce because when you think finance, you don't think love and hope and compassion and impact. That's not really the first words that come to mind. And so I love that's just such a different approach that you have towards financial control, I guess. Fierce love, hugs and wine. <laughs> That's really what we're all about. Yeah. Like we're fierce in our purpose, but it's fueled by love. We know it's hard sometimes, but we're going to pull you in for a hug. And then when you get it done, we're going to celebrate with a glass of wine. And it actually can be as simple as that. Just to wrap up our yeah. chat, could you leave us with one sort of final talk or a little bit of a pep talk? I like to call it a soul spritz, something that maybe a piece of advice or you've given us so many already, but a final thought or tip for our listeners. I love that idea of a, a pep or a soul spritz. That's gorgeous. <laughs> I could do with one of those today. <laughs> Look, I think don't second guess yourself. You're worth it. You can do it. You just have to believe it. But most importantly, life isn't, and this is such a cliche, but life isn't a dress rehearsal. It's not. So wear your favourite dress if you want to. Drink champagne out of the best crystal. It doesn't matter if it gets broken. If you want to walk to the train with your shoes off, do it because it actually doesn't matter what other people think. What matters is how you feel and that you're extracting as much joy out of your life as you can and only you can decide what makes you joyous. You deserve it. You can do it. I love that. Trina, thank you for filling us with so much advice and about how to be financially fit, how to take control of our financial futures, but more than that, how to really love who we are enough to believe in ourselves and prioritise our ourselves um, so that we can live the life that we dream. So thank you so much. Well, I'm right back at you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what you're all about. It's exciting to me that there are so many amazing young women like yourself who, oh. uh, but it's true, it takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there and 
to ask the questions and to share of yourself in that process and, and to be willing to share that with other people to help them. So I think that's gorgeous about you and it's <laughs> what makes me so hopeful about the future in general is the beautiful things that women are doing for each other. It's very special. If you were as inspired by this chat as I was, please share it on your Instagram story would be awesome and tag me if you like so I can see that you loved it at Emma Georgiatis. This is a completely independent podcast, so I'd be so grateful if you'd rate or review Empower House if you've enjoyed listening and spread the word so we can lift and motivate others who are working on their worthiness to believe in themselves too. Thanks so much for listening and until next time, you got this.